welcome to the David Blend Show. Hope you had a fantastic weekend in the wild and wacky world of sports and beyond. We have some fun in store for you today, including a platform that allows for your statewide and beyond participation by phone. Fridays, mostly about callers. Monday through Thursday, more about other stuff. And we have a couple of special on-location shows this week. If you listen from Charlotte, we're coming to you, baby. Tomorrow, for the ACC's annual Operation Basketball event, Mike Krzyzewski of Duke, Roy Williams of North Carolina, another national champion, Tony Bennett of the Virginia Cavaliers, another Hall of Famer, Jim Beheim of Syracuse, Kevin Keats of the Wolfpack, Danny Manning of the Demon Deacons, Mike Bray will be there, Chris Mack of Louisville, which looks good this year. All of those guys, all 15, hope to sit down with us tomorrow. We won't squeeze all 15 into the live portion of the show, but that is what awaits us, among other things, tomorrow. We'll also be in Cary, live at Prestonwood Country Club on Friday for the SAS Championship. We look forward to that event on the Champions Tour every year. Fred Couples is a part of it this year. Davis Love the third will be a participant for the first time. Former UNC star, Ryder Cup captain, of course, Bernhard Longer, Colin Montgomery, World Golf Hall of Famers left and right at Prestonwood later this week. We'll see you live there on Friday's edition of the program. We do have three studio shows, one of those today, and that allows for more phone calls. In this case, we call it best and worst of the weekend. It allows us to celebrate, among other things, the Carolina Panthers. Who gave up on them when they were 0-2 and Cam Newton got hurt? Raise your hands. Are you still admitting it? They are back in playoff contention. They have won three straight, not only without Cam Newton, but they beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. They overcame Minshew mania at Bank of America Stadium yesterday. They were missing Cam Newton. Of course, Kyle Allen gets the win and joins guys like Kurt Warner, who 20 years ago is the most recent example of any NFL quarterback winning each of his first four starts. That Kurt Warner, by the way, went on to win the Super Bowl that year with the old St. Louis Rams. Kyle Allen is now on that list. And the next most recent example, next to Kurt Warner, 20 years ago it was the Rams. This year, who knows how far the Panthers can go as Ron Rivera became the winningest head coach in Panthers history. As Christian McCaffrey continues to look like an MVP-type candidate, did you see Patrick Mahomes come back to earth just a little bit at the hands of the Indianapolis Colts last night on Sunday Night Football? We'll talk NFL, not only the Panthers, the details, Kyle Allen, McCaffrey, Ron Rivera, and the rest. We have best and worst of the weekend from all over college football. The NBA has created an international incident. They're in preseason games. Like college basketball, the real games won't start for a little while. ACC, for example, early November. NBA regular season starts before that. But they're only in preseason mode. They're playing games in Japan. They're playing games in China. They're hosting Chinese teams here in the United States. And there was an international incident over the weekend when Rockets general manager Daryl Morey tweeted his support of the pro-democracy supporters in Hong Kong. Explaining the relationship between China and Hong Kong, 
is probably beyond the boundaries of this statewide program, even though I have at least some education in such things. Let's just say that Daryl Morey's tweet was very poorly received by the Chinese government. And seriously, it has created an international incident. James Harden and other NBA players who, you know, sell a lot of shoes in China have had to chime in. Our recent guest, Tillman Fertitta, the owner of the Houston Rockets, the mega billionaire, the reality TV star on CNBC. He wanted to co-host the David Glenn Show. He had so much fun on his visit that day. Tillman Fertitta had to chime in on social media and apologize on Twitter after his own GM, Daryl Morey, created the firestorm. It was a crazy, serious scene. For those who don't know, the biggest audience for the National Basketball Association outside the United States of America is China. China is really sensitive about outsiders telling them what to do or chiming in on the delicate Hong Kong-China conversation as, of course, those in mainland China are being fed regular propaganda about how the Hong Kong protesters are really violent rioters rather than those simply seeking more in, more democracy. Pro-democracy demonstrations would be one good way to put it. It is an overlapping, as we often see, of life and sports and culture and politics. More on that story during the course of today's program. Some of you were anti-NBA. Some of you asked why they would stand up for so many other social justice causes and then essentially the league put out a statement as well, by the way, apologizing to international basketball partner China, with whom they do billions of dollars of business. Are there limits to how far you're willing to go for your social justice causes if it hurts you in your pocketbook? Probably so. If we're all honest about it, there's probably a limit for you. And maybe that limit is a large, lucrative country and market on the other side of the world. More on that story with your phone calls. What was the best thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe and why? What was the worst thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe and why? I'm jacked up about the Carolina Hurricanes. I saw them win in a shootout on Thursday on opening night. Live show next to PNC Arena. It was about 170 degrees outside the building. Slight exaggeration. Then nice and cool, and the hockey was even better once we got inside. Backyard Bistro, nice meal for you, Darren Vaught, my producer, as I welcome you back to the program, and we prepare for our travels all over the place. You're coming with me to Charlotte, right? You don't join me? No, that's, that's right. I will be in Charlotte tomorrow at Operation Basketball with you. You don't get to shake hands with Fred Couples and Davis Love and Bernhard Longer and Colin Montgomery on Friday. Right, I, I, I'll be just, here in studio. You just send me out there. <laughs> I'm just I'm just an emissary of some sort. <laughs> All right, so you're with me. Intern Will, I think, is coming to Charlotte as well. We're excited about that. The Carolina Hurricanes, we enjoyed the season opening victory. Free hockey and then the win on top of it. Then they go to Washington and win in overtime. And then they come back home. I was there again yesterday. They face the most talented team in the National Hockey League, the Tampa Bay Lightning, and they win again. Do you know out of a, out of 31 NHL teams, how many have played three games and gotten the maximum available six points out of those three games? Only one. That is one. You, the one and only one. You want to talk about being the, being able to support your argument for a best of the weekend vote? The Canes are the only answer to that question. 
And they have games this coming weekend at home. Building was great on Thursday. It was good, not as great yesterday, but those who were there were plenty loud. We have more Canes tickets to give away as we congratulate our first Canes with DG winner of the year. Darren, you know how this works. For many years, there's a grand prize where if you win the hashtag Canes with DG, just tweet any photo related to the Canes. Make sure you use the hashtag or I can't find you to win and give you cool stuff. Canes with DG. Don't delete it if you don't win the first week. Then I can't find you the second week and make you a winner. Congratulations to Cindy Cunavelis of Raleigh. She is catching the Canes game on Friday night courtesy of us here at the David Glenn Show and our partners, the Carolina Hurricanes. There's another game Saturday. We're sending people to Canes games all year long, and then in 2020, someone will win my personal seats on the glass, all four. And if you want, I even take you out to dinner. We have a lot of fun with the grand prize week to week. Remember, we added that last year. If you don't win the grand prize, and of course, most don't, you can win week to week. We are going to have tickets to every single home game. So listen as much as you can. That's one way to win. Tweet as much as you can using the hashtag CanesWithDG. Congratulations to Cindy. Her tickets are already on the way to her as we speak. The Canes, the Carolina Tar Heels got best of the weekend votes. The Michigan Wolverines, the Ohio State Buckeyes, the Florida Gators, and others in college football. Best of the weekend beyond the Panthers in the NFL included the Patriots, the only 5-0 team right now. Niners haven't lost. They're only 3-0. They take on the Browns tonight in Monday Night Football. How about former Panthers defensive coordinator Sean McDermott and his Buffalo Bills? They're 4-1 after beating Tennessee. Buffalo is playing big-time D under Coach McDermott. The Patriots, the Bills, the Colts, former Wolfpack star Jacoby Brissett. I mean, credit the Indy defense for slowing down Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid in that Chiefs offense. That was central to the win for Indianapolis. But former Wolfpack star Jacoby Brissett, by all accounts, has captured that locker room. His teammates love him. He's playing efficient football, as he often did for the Wolfpack. Colts are off to a 3-2 and two start in the post-Andrew Luck era and went to Kansas City and knocked off the previously undefeated Chiefs. The Saints got another win under Teddy Bridgewater. The Packers went to Dallas and beat the Cowboys. Deshaun Watson and the Texans looked lousy against your Panthers, thanks to the Carolina defense, and then looked brilliant in crushing the Falcons. 53-32. For those who want to nominate, by the way, Jay Gruden, Washington head coach for Worst of the Weekend, Daniel Snyder agrees with you and just fired the head coach of Washington after his 0-5 start. Bill Callahan is the interim head coach there. The Falcons, the Steelers, Daniel Jones of the Giants had a rough go of it against the Minnesota Vikings, the best defense that he has played yet in his young NFL career. The Ravens and their brilliant kicker, Justin Tucker, got a big win in overtime against those Steelers who have dropped to 1-4 and and are down to their third-string quarterback. We have Major League Baseball to get to. Looking back, best and worst of the weekend, but also looking forward, man, Darren Vaught, I don't know. We're going to have to time our drive to Charlotte around which games you want to watch. There is a baseball playoff quadruple header today, and it is the last day we will be able to say that because today 
elimination games are being faced by the Rays and the Twins and the Nationals and the Cardinals. The home team in all four yes, games today. It's the it first could, time it's ever been laid out It that could way. be over for all four. Now, I'm not at all surprised if the final four is Astros, Yankees, Dodgers, and Braves, all of whom got votes for best of the weekend in addition to individual players getting votes for best of the weekend. We're going to talk about the international NBA and China incident. We're going to talk about the Panthers and the Tar Heels and the other best of the weekend. You can chime in on the other side right now with your own question, comment, or best or worst of the weekend. Guests are later, Heather Dinich of ESPN on college football, Caroline Can of the Panthers radio crew on the NFL and the Panthers coming out of weekend where they not only beat Jacksonville and advance to 3-2. and two. Remember, they're heading to London next to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Wesley Walls and Jordan Gross and Jake DeLome and Steve Smith, number 89, they all officially went into the Hall of Honor. All four have been guests here on the David Glenn Show on their way into that honor at some point in recent months or years. Caroline Can on all things NFL and Panthers. Heather Dinich on all things college football. I watched a lot of football this weekend. More of my best and worst of the weekend. What the heck is going on with the NBA in China? Who's right? Who's wrong? Who's mad? Who should be mad? Tomorrow, we're live from Charlotte and surrounded by the best ACC basketball players these 15 teams are bringing to the Queen City. All those head coaches like to drop by our table as well. We look forward to those interviews every year and having them back by phone later in the season. What was the best thing you saw anywhere in the sports universe and what made it that? What was the worst thing you saw? I got votes off the beaten trail from Kyle Larson on the NASCAR circuit. He punched his ticket to the next round of the playoffs in that sport. Triple G won a big boxing match. A little hockey, a lot of baseball, and, of course, a whole lot of NFL and college football. You can be next with your best or worst of the weekend, 1-800-849-2761. That's how you can join us on the David Glenn Show. Gary Player joining us. This morning I did 1,300 sit-ups and crunches. Wow. I pushed 300 pounds with my legs and I ran on the treadmill. You are one of the legends of golf and you've been an inspiration as a person as well. What a nice compliment and God bless America. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. I never thought I'd be back in the stadium, but I am, and I'm happy to be here. I love the fans. I love the city that invested in me. I never thought I'd be able to wear a Carolina Panther jersey ever again. So I thought, for one last time. Now the next step, make sure nobody ever wears this number again. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to Best and Worst of the Weekend. Kevin wants in on the international incident between the NBA and the large populous nation of China. Stephen Apex has both the Panthers and the Hurricanes on his mind. The Duke Blue Devils lost at home to the Pitt Panthers. And frankly, I was disappointed at the crowd. David Cutcliffe has energized that program. You got a Saturday night game. You don't have to worry about sitting in the hot sun all afternoon. You got a good opponent. Pitt had threatened Penn State, beaten UCF. Challenger in the Coastal Division, played in the ACC title game last year. Our recent guests, Pat Narduzzi and David Cutcliffe, have both done good things there, including trips to the ACC title game as fellow members of that Coastal Chaos Division. Disappointing crowd wild game 
And Pat Narduzzi and David Cutcliffe happen to be experts on opposite sides of the ball, so it's always a chess match. Pitt somehow tends to get the better of the Blue Devils, and it happened again on Saturday night. 1-800-849-2761. The Tar Heels are a best of the weekend for many. The Carolina Panthers are a best of the weekend for many. The Carolina Hurricanes are a best of the weekend for many. The Astros, the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Braves in Major League Baseball. You can jump in with your best or worst right now. Our guests are later. Your calls are now 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. The audio you heard there was from number 89, Steve Smith. So as my Panthers best of the weekend starts with the victory itself, right? You're still in playoff contention. I have saved all your emails who mocked my playoff prediction once the Panthers went 0-2. I appreciate you emailing me then before the season was over just to make fun of me. Now the Panthers are 3-2 and and you're seeing why I viewed the Panthers, as many did, as a playoff-caliber team. Now they've won 3-0 without Cam Newton. We'll see how that storyline unfolds. We'll see how they handle the trip to London, where they face the Buccaneers next, as they try to get to 4-2, and two, which would put you right there smack in the middle of the playoff conversation. My other best-ofs did include Christian McCaffrey, franchise record. 237 total yards from scrimmage, most in the history of an organization that's more than 20 years old. Through five games, are you ready for this? Christian McCaffrey has 866 yards from scrimmage. In the history of the NFL, do you know how many running backs have more yards from scrimmage in the first five games of any regular season, going back as far as you want to go back? Answer, one dude has more. His name was Jim Brown, recognized by some to this day as the greatest player at any position in the history of the National Football League. Jim Brown in 1963 had almost 1,000 yards total offense after five games. Christian McCaffrey is at 866 in the 34-27 win over Jacksonville. He had 176 yards rushing. He had six catches for more yards. He had three total touchdowns. He had the somersault touchdown early under pressure and after a collision. He had the run away from speedy defensive backs long run for another touchdown. It wasn't Kyle Allen torching anybody as much as it was a team missing two starting offensive linemen. Remember, no Trey Turner. And then no Greg Little. He's out with the concussion issues. So the patchwork offensive line is enough with an efficient Kyle Allen and the brilliance of Christian McCaffrey and others to put together that 34-27 win over Minshew Mania, Leonard Fournette, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Carolina at 3-2 and two is the best of the weekend. I'll add one more layer beyond Ron Rivera, now winning as head coach in Panthers history, 74-58-1. For those who forget, He's only the fourth coach in franchise history. So unless you believe Dom Capers, George Seifert, or John Fox over nine years had a better resume than the current nine-year almost resume of Ron Rivera, well then, yes, he's the best coach in franchise history. That's where I would put my money on the Ron Rivera camp. 74 wins, 58 losses, trip to the Super Bowl, one tie he has in that time arguably the best in franchise history. Rivera gets that landmark. McCaffrey gets the ones I mentioned. Kyle Allen becomes the first NFL quarterback to win his first four NFL starts since a guy named Kurt Warner, now in the Hall of Fame, back in 1999 with the Rams. The next layer, as we come to your calls, is that 
Steve Smith, Jake DeLome, Jordan Gross, and Wesley Walls were all celebrated as they should be as four of the greatest players in franchise history. If you can find it, look up their acceptance speeches from the dinner over the weekend because they were given. You only have so many minutes at halftime of a national football game, right? Poor Mick Mixon, our friend, voice of the Panthers, is down there. I, Jordan Gross and Wesley Walls are just and, – and even Jake DeLome – they're such like, even as our guests, Darren, they're chatting with you off the air. They're telling you, you know, oh, yeah, I was on with DG. We had a great time. It's good to be back. Like, they're just aiming to please personalities. If I'm Mick Mixon, and I've been an MC in my life a lot, sometimes you have a flexible clock. Sometimes somebody is out there blaming you as the MC, even if somebody else goes along with their speech. Well, in this case, like, there's no flexibility. The second half, by rule, has to start at a certain time. Or you can get a flag, like, as the home team. I don't even know. There might even be fines beyond that. So I'd be Mick looking at Jordan Gross. Yeah, he'll stay at a minute or less. I'm going to stare at Jake DeLone, making sure he got really emotional at the dinner. In the first minute of Jake's speech, he had to step away from the podium and gather himself. This is such a meaningful thing to him. It was really neat to see. Again, it's find it if you can. It's all over social media and available otherwise through the Panthers. Wesley Walls, Jordan Gross, you know, just flexible, easygoing, aiming to please personalities. Hey, you guys had the longer speeches at the dinner. Got to keep it to a minute or less. And they even went up there. Hey, I got to thank Jerry Richardson. All right, I got to thank David Tepper for making this happen, the new owner. Uh, I really want to thank, you know, Ron Rivera or whoever my coach was at the time. And then if I'm Mick, I'm looking at Steve Smith saying, Somebody just handed me a grenade and pulled the pin out. Like, I'm in big, big trouble. So, Steve Smith, A, you know, I don't know what you were voted in high school, Darren, most likely to become a sports media superstar. Perhaps that's in your high school senior yearbook. I'm not sure. Uh, Steve Smith would have been voted most likely to go beyond 60 seconds <laughs> with his speech on the field at Bank of America Stadium as Mick Mixon is hoping to wrap things up. So sure enough, he does. He didn't go a lot over, but he did. He thanked all the people you would expect, including Richardson and Tepper and Marty Herney and Ron Rivera and the fans and the city of Charlotte. It was really well done, I thought, by number 89. Only Steve Smith would go that far over the minute. Only Steve Smith would have a hidden Panthers jersey underneath his more formal outfit. All four guys were nicely dressed. Only Steve Smith had the number 89 authentic Panthers jersey underneath his business attire and then pulled it off. You couldn't hear that part of the audio to the fan as the fans go bananas in Bank of America Stadium. And only Steve Smith would add at the end of his own thank you, deferential, oh, I'm so happy and what all y'all did for me. Only he would unilaterally squeeze in. And let's face it, nobody should ever wear this number 89 <laughs> yeah. again. I mean, I guess that people either love him or hate him. I've loved him all along. Doesn't mean he hasn't screwed up from time to time. He did. But the passion, the energy, the empty, the effort bucket that you saw in practice and games while wearing the Panthers uniform and then even elsewhere eventually, I'll take guys like that any day of the week. And as the saying goes, twice on Sunday when the NFL tends to play most of its games. 1-800-849-2761. A lot for the Tar Heels, the Hurricanes, and the Panthers to celebrate. Would that make it a Car an all-Carolina best of the weekend? Carolina Tar Heels, Carolina Hurricanes, Carolina Panthers wins everywhere you look. Let's go to Stephen Apex. 
you're up on best and worst of the weekend. You have best and worst. Go right ahead. Uh, oops, hold on, Dave. I just dropped the ball. I, I picked it up. That's fine. <laughs> Cam who? Cam who? Well done. Oh, this is Dave. I'm I'm just thrilled to death. I don't really have any bad, you know, things. I have a disappointment. Just what you just said about Duke. I was kind of disappointed. We had a spotlight. I thought we shine a little bit, but um, it you know it didn't work out the way it was. But the Hurricanes. Once I got through with the Panthers, I immediately turned to the Hurricanes and immediately went in heart attack mode. I said, well, "Here we again in overtime." And, and we have defensemen. You know what, what can you say about this team? What and we have defensemen scoring the game-winning goals. For those who haven't watched the Canes' three and zero start, again, they are the only NHL team three games in that have the maximum of six points. All game-winning goals were either in a shootout or overtime. And I mean, you know, the NHL usually your centers and your right wings and your left wings score the most goals, right? Not this team. Not so far. Dougie Hamilton one in the shootout against maybe the best goaltender in the NHL. So the Canes go to a shootout in their opener against Montreal. The other two guys missed against Carey Price. Dougie Hamilton has just a, a move from that you'd expect from a forward, not a defenseman. He slides one past. Mrazic stones the Canadians, so then the Canes are off to that 1-0 start. Jake Gardner is a power play guy, new acquisition on defense. He scored in the three-on-three part overtime at Washington to get a road win against a Capitals team that has been pretty good in recent years. And then last night, we were there again. It was Jacob Slavin, just a brilliant young defenseman, I guess no longer young, but the alternate captain, if you will, for Rod Brindamore. He scores the game winner against the Tampa Bay Lightning. I mean, three for three. If you like excitement, you got it. If you like offense, you got it. If you want, if you're just bottom line, you like wins, you got that three times out of three. You like free hockey, you got that three overtimes in three games, even a shootout on top of it. If you like good goaltending, I mean, I know Rod Brendamore wants them to tighten the screws a little defensively. They kind of hung out Peter Morazic to dry a little bit too often. James Reimer got a win in his first start for the Canes, the new backup. And Morazic, man, he gave up three early goals yesterday, and it's like, hey, they're down 3-1 at home against arguably the most talented team in the NHL. I took a buddy of mine. It was his first Canes game at PNC Arena, and he's like, man, the Lightning are quick. They are skilled. They are passing tape to tape, as that saying goes. How are the Canes going to come out and climb out of this hole? Well, Mrazek could have been 4-1 to and then maybe curtains. This team grinds and just honors the process and grinds. It's like rinse, repeat, right? You have a 45 or whatever second shift, just wait your turn, do it again, honor the system, have a system. It was interesting to hear some of the Tampa players. Remember, they had the best record in the NHL last year. They start the playoffs and not only face plant, but get swept. So you're supposed to win it all, and you don't even win a game. You don't get out of the first round. Steven Stamkos, among others, after yesterday's loss to the Hurricanes, said, hey, that's a team that has a plan. They have a system. They have a work ethic that was better than ours. They, they believe. And maybe we need a little bit more of what Rod Brindamore's got cooking over there. That was a big statement from one of the star players, really, of the entire National Hockey League. Also, of course, one of the leaders of the Tampa Bay Lightning. We'll get to more of your calls on the other side. Kevin wants in on the international incident that is the NBA and mainland China. If you missed it over the weekend, Daryl Morey, Houston Rockets general manager, tweeted his support for the pro-democracy supporters in Hong Kong. China 
which really controls information for its citizens in a way that unless you follow such things, you might have no idea about. I mean, it's like state-run media. You're allowed to know what we decide you're allowed to know. And even things like the Internet are overwhelmingly censored. China has a basic philosophy on its mainland of, uh, we'll give you all access to what we think you can handle. It is very unlike the way we do things in our country and other democracies and republics around the world. China got upset with the first tweet, and despite the presence of people like Yao Ming, former NBA star from China, of course, that's one of the guys that helped popularize the NBA in that country, Yao Ming runs or helps run the Chinese Basketball Association. Now you've got the government threatening to never show Rockets games again on their one of their nationwide TV partners, etc. You have Yao Ming kind of stepping away from the issue rather than going to bat for the NBA. You have a, an NBA owner of Asian descent who sounded more like he saw it the China way than he did the way of the Houston Rockets general manager. When people say be careful about hitting the send button on an email or on a tweet, if you are in a position of authority for a major entity, in this case both a team and a league, right? You're Daryl Morey, GM of the Houston Rockets, and yes, you're working within the structure of the NBA, where is it most popular? Here. What is the second largest market for the National Basketball Association? It's not even close. It's the one billion-plus people who live in China, have fallen in love in large numbers with the NBA because of Yao Ming and others, have their own professional basketball league at a fairly high level. Some Americans have made big names and big money for themselves over there. Meanwhile, a lot of NBA players make big money in that market. So James Harden is apologizing to the Chinese government and the Chinese people. The Houston Rockets owner, Tillman Fertitta, apologized for the tweet of his own employee, Daryl Morey. It, it is seriously, international incident is, it is not the right description in terms of will it start a war, but international incident in terms of could it dramatically complicate one of our country's most successful leagues' ability to continue to flourish in its second largest market, that's not an exaggeration. It is an international incident of that level. Some are criticizing the NBA for kowtowing to China. Others think it was a dumb idea, and they would have gotten fired at work for a tweet of the sensitivity level of Daryl Morey. Some want to see him fired. Others want to see the NBA stand up for social justice abroad the way that it has become famous for doing, I think, a pretty good job of here at home. 1-800-849-2761. Thomas and Kevin and others want to chime in with their best or worst of the weekend. The NFL has its first fired head coach. Do you remember Ron Rivera was third on that Vegas list of the most likely to lose their jobs first? As it turns out, number one and number two on that Vegas list, one is fired already. 
and the other is inching toward an even hotter seat. More on those NFL stories with more of your best and worst of the weekend. Caroline Can from the Panthers radio crew live in 25 minutes. Heather Dinich on all things college football. You can jump in on the baseball, hockey, or other events of the weekend. We have a lot more football on our mind and an international incident as well. We have tickets to give away. Carolina Hurricanes, also more four-packs to the NHRA Carolina Nationals, which is this coming weekend at ZMAX Dragway in Charlotte, right there next to Charlotte Motor Speedway. 1-800-849-2761 is how you can join us. Guests later, more of your calls and my best and worst of the weekend next. Kurt Busch is joining us, 38-year-old champion of the Daytona 500. I went out with Gronk last night after uh, after we won the race. Did you really? Also, it was fun. Got about an hour's sleep. I asked him, I go, hey, when do you have to report to training camp? He goes, July. I said, well, we can't be friends because i got to <laughs> go back to racing. Stay with us on the David Glenn Show. baby that's hockey baby a shout out to john forsland that of course was his voice hey hey what do you say ganiacs the canes are three and oh the tar heels went to atlanta and won a football game that's happened once since mac brown left in 1997 to take the texas job it has been a graveyard for the heels the carolina hurricanes are three and oh the Carolina Tar Heels are exceeding preseason expectations in year one under Mac Brown. Shout out to a whole lot of dudes who helped that win happen and helped the Tar Heels to against a strong schedule. A three and three start. Sam Howell, the young quarterback. How about 376 yards passing and four touchdowns? They are asking him to make more NFL caliber throws in that offense than 90% of what you see in college football. And he's actually delivering one of the top three or four QBs, even as a true freshman in this league right away. Javante Williams goes for 100-plus from the running back position and a touchdown. Daz Newsom, Deami Brown, Bo Corrales all had touchdown catches. Michael Carter out of the backfield went for 100-plus total yards. Chaz Surratt, Tamon Fox, Aaron Crawford all made big plays on defense. The Tar Heels are not a deep team. The Tar Heels can be a fragile team at times. The Tar Heels, though, I think, after the Clemson Tigers, are as competitive as anybody else in this league. Wake Forest is still undefeated, and they played a close game against the Tar Heels that went down to the wire. UVA also deserves a lot of respect. Clemson, UVA, Wake Forest might be the consensus top three in whatever order after the Tigers, and they deserve that respect at this point. Carolina's in the conversation. They, could they lose to a bottom-tier ACC team? Yes. But they just pretty convincingly beat ACC number 14, Georgia Tech, in Atlanta. Pitt over Duke, Louisville under Scott Satterfield. The Cardinals got their first ACC win in forever, like s almost 700 days since the last time the Cardinals won an ACC football game. They were 0-8 in conference play under Bobby Petrino last year. The new guy, Scott Satterfield, formerly of App State, has the Cardinals at 3-2, and another surprise in the league. 
41-39, the Cards win over Boston College. Virginia Tech went to Miami and beat the Canes. That's one that I did not see coming. So congratulations to the Hurricane or the Hokies of Justin Fuente. Hendon Hooker was the new QB. As we come back to your calls, best and worst of the weekend, and more of mine from the NFL baseball playoffs college football, NHL, and elsewhere, 1-800-849-2761. Hendon Hooker is a redshirt sophomore from the Hokies who was a lot of fun to watch at Greensboro Dudley High School. So as the Hokies, perhaps they're just moving on from Ryan Willis. They had a lot of problems with turnovers. Hendon Hooker is a first-time starter at the next level. And he's been there three years, so he's learned Justin Fuente's system. He led... The game-winning drive, this is the most impressive thing about what he did. His numbers weren't that great. He only completed about half of his passes. You can tell he's not yet ready to be a, an ACC-caliber thrower. But dude's an athlete and can run, burned the canes with his legs a bunch, and then just enough with his arm. Most importantly and impressively to me, if you were on the Hokies and you had a 28 to nothing lead and watched it get away on the road, and those fans are going crazy. I mean, they're going from booing UM under first-year coach Manny Diaz. Hurricanes are supposed to beat the Hokies. The Hokies have all sorts of weird issues going on, on and off the field. It was supposed to be the Canes' chance to make a statement. And then they're down 28 nothing on their home field to a team that had been struggling. Well, they came back from down 28-zip. They tied the game. It was crazy. They even missed an extra point that would have put them ahead. It was crazy. Into that circumstance steps first-time first, year, first time starting quarterback Hendon Hooker. It's one thing to run a little and throw a little and maybe get a win with the help of your friends. It's another thing to step into the chaos of a screaming Miami fan base on the road in your first collegiate start, watch the 28-point lead dissipate, and then you've got to lead a fourth-quarter drive, and it wasn't a short field. Congrats to Hendon Hooker of Greensboro-Dudley. He led that fourth quarter touchdown drive. He made those play, plays, especially with his legs. One more best of the weekend from the gridiron. Kevin is in Burlington and wants in on an international incident. The NBA had a one of its general managers, Daryl Morey of the Houston Rockets, tweeted his support for pro-democracy supporters in Hong Kong over the weekend. If you follow international headlines, you know that is a super sensitive situation between the mainland country China and Hong Kong, long story short, used to be part of the British Empire. There was actually a 99-year agreement where our friends in the United Kingdom were still kind of, sort of, in that colonialism mode and supervising, in air quotes, what happened in Hong Kong, right there on the edge of China, right? Well, that 99-year agreement, struck long before any of us were born, expired a while back, uh, you know, years ago, a dec couple decades ago. So then, well, who's ruling Hong Kong? Well, it's kind of China, but not exactly China. And it is an extremely sensitive topic there. And when Daryl Morey sent his tweet favoring the pro-democracy supporters in Hong Kong, the nation of China, the government, the, the Chinese Basketball Association, they pushed back hard to the point where the NBA put out a statement of apology the Houston Rockets owner, our recent guest, Tillman Fertitta, put out a statement of apology. And even NBA stars like James Harden are saying nice things about China and its fans of basketball because a whole lot of people are making a whole lot of basketball money in that market. Some are mad at the NBA 
for backing down to China and for putting their own guy, Daryl Morey of the Rockets, kind of under fire. Kevin in Burlington wants in on that. That's the backstory. What say you, best or worst of the weekend was? Well, David, you know, you, you go off what you just said. This is all about money. Plain and simple, the only reason the NBA and some of their, you know, higher-ups or whatever are making their stance, it's about money. And at the end of the day, if money's more important than basic human rights, then okay, make that stance. But shame on the NBA. Shame on people like Steve Kerr, Popovich, and LeBron who can say something about everything else. But when it comes to real stuff like this, and especially James Harden issuing an apology, shame on all of them. Because at the end of the day, that, that is real oppression over there. And I think there's a parallel that could be drawn here with the Kaepernick thing. Oh, we, you know, when these people like Kaepernick and Kerr and all them, and they go on there and they say what they say about Trump, or they, Kaepernick makes his stand, oh, they're heroes. They're heroes. They're standing up for what's right. But this guy is being vilified. For just, you know, like you said, I mean, this is a country that was under democratic, you know, it was a democracy for years, and now these people have been thrown into this, you know, chaos, and this guy can't throw out a support with a tweet. You know, it, it, it's a joke. Here's two questions for everybody. If you've been passionate enough about something to make a statement, where did that happen? In anybody's life, not just Kevin, mine, yours, anybody else's. I mean, you know, Nelson Mandela himself started in South Africa, right? That's his country. So it is, some of the pushback here is a little bit oversimplistic, and I know there's some national sports radio hosts that like to fan some, some ignorant flames from time to time, and he's doing it again right now. Let's all be honest and realize that standing up for something you're passionate about in your own country for almost everybody ever has come at a different standard than calling out some human rights abuse halfway around the world. Let's just not forget that as an intellectual starting point. We're back after this. Rob Schneider joining us on the David Glenn Show. When they try to have three days of the NFL draft on TV, my friends said, hey, you going to watch the NFL draft? It's like getting excited about a strip club that's still under construction. <laughs> like you see that building over there in a couple of months? There's going to be some breasts in there. You're listening to the David Glenn Show. More on the NBA versus China. More of your best and worst of the weekend phone calls. But next, Caroline Can from the Panthers Radio Network on the NFL. Background of the University of North Carolina. We got to win now. Let's don't start looking at rebuilding. Let's don't talk about how bad we are. Let's don't talk about we're not better than anybody. Let's figure out how to win. And that's what we've done. And, and the Coastal, because it's been up in the air every year, why shouldn't we have a chance? Keep it dialed in to the David Glenn Show.